Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Well, hello everybody, a big welcome and a hello to our family in Hills, our family in Penrith, Elevation locations. Great to be with you today. Here we go, a couple days and we are clawing out of lockdown, finally. Some freedoms uh, coming our way. Some of you need a haircut, by the way. Go get your haircut. So we're, we're getting ready um, for this roadmap out and looking forward to gathering together. Looks like end of October. We'll keep a close watch on it and let you know. But I know that the government's working hard on this roadmap to come out of lockdown. And I want well, us to work hard as a church uh, to prepare us Uh, for coming out of lockdown after some 13 weeks. It's just been horrendous. I don't want to underestimate the impact that it's had on us, our families, our kids, our church. And so it's really important today that for the next couple of weeks, I want to speak to a topic that affects all of us. In fact, I don't remember a topic like this being spoken about in church. Uh, I don't remember a series being on it. But this topic affects every one of us. Um, It often affects how we behave and how we end up living. And so this is a big subject that I want to address because I believe this area of our lives has taken a knock. It's taken a blow. It's, It's really been pushed and even damaged in some ways because of lockdown. What is it? What is it that we're going to talk about today? We all have it, but we don't always talk about it. You ready? Drum roll. It is emotions. Yeah, emotions. Emotions are powerful. They determine how we act, and how we act determines how we live and the future we have. And we've all honestly had so many emotions as we've gone through this season of lockdown. Uh, uh, Emotions have been heightened. Uh, Some of you are just feeling numb disengaged. Some of you are uptight. There's anxiety and worry. There's sadness. There's there's disappointments. All of these emotions can be very disorientating. It can be quite a challenge for us as to believers to know how do we work and lead through these emotions. Lockdown. Some of you just want to kill your kids, right? (laughs) Some of you want to trade them in. Uh, I mean, how many Netflix shows can you watch in a lifetime? How many Zooms can you be on and say, listen, mate, your mute is still on. Unmute, 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 unmute. Just kidding. But finally, as we come out, I want to make sure emotionally uh, we are ready. The Bible actually has a lot to say about emotions. Jesus, our Savior, he was all human, all man, yet he was all God. All human, all man, he felt, he had emotions. In fact, in the Gospels, There are 39 different emotions that Jesus had to endure or that Jesus showed. There were emotions that as he stood and looked over Jerusalem, he felt such grief and such such sadness. There are emotions of anger when he saw the hypocritical leaders 
There was emotions of sadness and grief with Lazarus. So we're going to really dig into this big topic of emotions from God's perspective. Uh, With five kids, I always look forward to birthday parties, yet I kind of was always worried about birthday parties. I'd be excited about them, but I would dread them. The reason is... When it came to birthdays, it would bring the best and the worst out of my kids' parents. You know this, right? There was this heightened sense of emotion. And there was the pressure as a dad to show up with the big present, you know, to blow them away every year, to to let them say, oh, dad, you're amazing. You're awesome. This one year I got Sammy, I think it was, I got five kids. It's hard to come up with a helicopter. Yeah, not one you fly, but a remote control. It was this big helicopter. I think I was more excited, honestly, uh, than Sam. And I had all these emotions. He wrapped the present, uh, the the wrapping paper off the present. And there was this massive helicopter there. And we put it together. We built it. We had the high emotions of excitement and energy and adrenaline. And we took this helicopter outside. All the kids were there. And and we stood around and we got it going. And it it went up. Never to be seen again. I'm serious. The thing just kept going. I mean, going to Mars. It's probably still tracking towards Mars. And the devastation on my son's face. Dad, you failed me. We've lost my helicopter. I never got to use it. Uh, There were these expectations of the presence. And then often my kids had these expectations that they were the most important person in the universe on their birthday. Some of you might still have that expectation, yet my other four uh, siblings, their brothers and sisters, did not agree that that, that was the case. They didn't even care. Uh, they, they, they didn't really want to know uh, whether it was their birthday or not. So all these mixed emotions. I even remember at grade, um, when I was 10 years old, at fifth grade, um, at Monaval uh, Primary School, I had a birthday. Now, Some parents only celebrate the fives and the tens. Yeah, five, 10, 15, 20, (laughs) save a little bit of money. I'm not saying you need to do that. But the 10 is a big one. Anything with a zero is big time. So I was excited all week. And my mum and dad put this um, big game together. It was a scavenger hunt around our house. And I had all these clues and, and, and big prizes. And I had about 30 friends. It was a big one for me. And I was running ahead of the pack thinking, I'm going to win the scavenger hunt. Why wouldn't you think that? It's my birthday. I need to win. Uh, and everything was going great until Jason. Yeah, Jason. There's always a Jason, isn't there? And Jason was this stud, flowing hair, athletic. Uh, all the girls liked him. He ran straight past me at the finish line and won the scavenger hunt. I started bawling like a baby. I was so upset that I had lost to Jason. I still need therapy about that today. But all that to say, we're no different. We feel emotions. And pressure and stress cause emotions to come out that we often don't like how they come out. Stress and pressure causes us to react in ways we're not proud of. It causes us to react in ways, where did that come from? And so it's really important that we talk today 
about our emotions. As we get ready to gather in person, whenever that is, I want to make sure that emotionally, spiritually, we are ready. Um, we, we go through times when we uh, are anxious and annoyed and uncertain and worried. And honestly, for me, I, I think what I go through, that the big emotion is a little bit unsure. As a pastor and leading our location, I'm just unsure. Unsure how people will react. Unsure about what it's going to look like. Unsure how healthy or not healthy people are. Unsure of the impact of lockdown. Unsure of the relational stress in marriages. Unsure of some strengths and maybe some weaknesses in spiritual lives that have occurred in lockdown. Um, I'm unsure of all the rules and regulations that seem to change all the time. I'm unsure how some of you are going to react. Some of you, you're the social distance person. You're the 1.5, right? Others of you, you're, you're, you're a hugger. And I'm like, can we hug? I don't know. Some of you, you're high fivers, you're, you're fist pumps, you're elbow. You just don't know. I'm, un, I'm unsure. Uh, some of you, you're masks. Some of you are non-masks. Some of you are in the middle. You have a mask, but it's no, not over your nose. I think that's where I'm at. I, I wear my mask, but I never have it covering my nose. <laughs> I'm a bit of a rebel. But look, you do you, right? We will love you. We will support you. A lot of anxiety and pressure, vax and unvax, religious freedoms. These are big issues, and I don't want to make light of it or be too humorous about it. But I do want us to realize this can make us a bit crazy. We can all get a bit crazy. And so it's important that we're measured, that, that we're Christ-like that our emotions don't drive us or dictate how we act. So let's look at emotions from God's perspective. Uh, let's look at them as a God-centered perspective. God gave us emotions. Uh, Jesus had emotions, yet he was perfect and sinless. And so we're going to understand and unpack today how we work through these emotions. I think one of the greatest emotions that Jesus ever felt for you and for me. I think it's one of the greatest emotions that we can have and, and, and use in our lives. Um, it actually should be an emotional priority. How about that? Emotional priority. I'm going to put that on the door of my house, on the door of my car. I'm putting it on the door of the church. Every time we walk in, the emotional priority is compassion. Compassion. I love how Jesus felt compassion. Compassion is a deep care, a deep love for others. And some of you need to know this. Jesus has compassion for you. Jesus feels your pain. Jesus sees your hurt. Jesus hears your cries. He knows the pressure and the stress that you're under. He, he knows your challenges. He knows what all of this craziness of life is causing. He feels compassion. He, he knows where you're at. He loves you. He's for you. I love that about our God, that Jesus was all man. He felt the same emotions that we feel. Therefore, he can be the great God and the great father and, and the great savior that he is because he can stand and has stood in our shoes. So I pray our emotional priority will always be compassion 
to each other. But today I'm going to talk about another emotion that we've all felt at some point. And this emotion is quite real in this current landscape of COVID. The emotion is anxiety, worry, anxiety. Now, anxiety, this is a complicated uh, issue. Um, There's physical aspects to it with conditions and disorders. There's also emotional aspects with with chemistry in your brain and and, and different genetics and hormones. There's situational aspects with traumas or a death in a family. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a GP. I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist. So I want to come from the angle of the spiritual side of anxiety. I I can't fix all those other issues which are real, but there's something we can talk to is the spiritual aspect of anxiety. Anxiety is not a sin. It's not a a sin to feel something. It's not a sin to have emotion. But if we don't know how to treat it, if we don't know how to uh, work it out in our life, it can definitely lead to sin. So let's have a look at how we get relief from anxiety. I've got to give credit to my good friend, Craig Rochelle, uh, who gave some great teaching on this subject. In fact, the guy I worked for, he had the largest church in America. Uh, He gave me a lot of anxiety working for him. (laughs) He's a great guy. I love him to death. Close friend, amazing leader. But that was a stressful environment. Uh, But I just want to honour Craig and thank him for some of the content that, that, that I'm using today. So the first thought is this one. What do you do when you have anxiety? What do you do when you're worried, you're uptight, you're you're nervous, you're stressful, your heart's beating, you're just unsure? Number one, there's three thoughts today. Number one is you talk to your friends. You talk to your friends. You don't suffer alone. If you're feeling anxious, tell someone. The first thing we need to do when we're dealing with an emotion that's kind of getting the better of us is to talk to someone about it. Uh, church, we want to be there for you. We offer pastoral care for everyone. We have a pastoral care number. You can contact us. We would love to listen and talk to you. In Mark 14, Jesus was facing the cross and he was having the last supper with his life group, his disciples. And towards the end of the night, Judas slips out on his way to betray him. And in verse 32 of Mark 14, they went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James and John along with him and began to be deeply distressed and troubled. So Jesus is facing crucifixion the next day. The Garden of Gethsemane, Gethsemane means olive press. It was in this pressure, this pressing of what was to come, of the stress of the next day of the crucifixion. He felt this deep distress and trouble, this worry and anxiety. So what did he do? He he took his disciples with him. In fact, he took three of the closest ones to talk to. They went with him. The Message Bible says it this way. He plunged into a sinkhole 
of dreadful agony. Think about that. Our Saviour, our Messiah, felt the emotion to such a point that he went into a sinkhole of dreadful agony. In some places, Scripture says the pain was so great, the emotion so strong, he sweated blood. The, the suffering, the emotion was so significant. Jesus is sinless. Jesus is perfect. The perfect Lamb of God, the Son of God. Yet he felt emotions. He fell into a sinkhole of dreadful agony. Verse 34, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Talk about some serious emotional pain that Jesus was suffering. He said to them, stay here and keep watch. He didn't want to go through this alone. He had these friends with him. I think that's a great example for us. Don't suffer alone. When you're feeling anxious, talk to someone about it. In Genesis 2.18, God said it's not good for man to be alone. If you remember, God created Adam and Eve and uh, they weren't created, Adam wasn't created to be alone, so he created Eve. And the whole purpose of life is relationship with God and each other. We were never destined to do life alone. We were never supposed to go through it. So often we do. When we feel emotions that are overwhelming us, we withdraw. We shut down. We have this coping mechanism. Yet the first thing we should do when we're feeling anxiety is talk to somebody. I, I don't know the impact of 13 weeks of a second lockdown. I don't. I, I know there is people that have been lonely significantly through this season. Um, I, I'm quite concerned for children, um, for young adults, for those teenagers who don't have those connections and relationships. I feel this is a very real issue that we need to address and talk about as a church is rebuilding relationships on the other side of lockdown. I think one of the greatest reasons for in-person services is we not just connect with our God, but we connect with each other. We're not born to live life alone. Relationships matter. Well-being comes from seeing and knowing others. Well-being comes from others seeing and knowing us. What do you do when you struggle from anxiety? Number one, you talk to your friends. Secondly is you talk to your father, your heavenly father. Point number two, you talk to somebody. Then secondly, you talk to your father, your heavenly father. Paul is writing from prison in Philippians 4, 6. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything by what? By prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your request be known to the Lord. Paul teaches three responses we should have as believers when we're feeling anxious. Number one is pray. Now, prayer is simply communicating, talking, to our God. But then Paul says specifically supplication. Well, what's supplication? Well, supplication is when you directly ask God for something. It's a specific request. 
The Bible actually says in some other verses, you don't have because you don't ask. There is part of an asking that God is asking of us to ask of him. So Paul clearly says you pray, you make supplication, you ask specifically for God to help you when you're feeling worried and anxious. And the third thing that Paul asks us to do when we're anxious is with thanksgiving. Well, why thanksgiving? Well, thanksgiving guards against complaining and whining. Uh, Thanksgiving puts us in a posture where we can speak to our God in a healthy manner, not speak out of the hurt of the emotion. So often the emotion comes out and it's emotion that speaks uh, to, uh, to others and speaks to ourselves. But Paul is saying clearly, don't let the emotion dictate and speak to you. Uh, come with thanksgiving. Uh, come with that heart of gratitude. Uh, think about it this way. When you're feeling anxiety, it should be like the temperature gauge in your car. You know how we've all got a temperature gauge? If you see that temperature gauge starting to go up, it's a time to stop the car because something's wrong. If you keep driving, you'll blow it up. Eight grand, baby, blow it up. How do I know? I've done it. Stop. (laughs) Not just put water in the radiator, but for Christians, we stop and we pray. We pray. We talk to our God. With supplication specifically, God, I'm feeling this anxiety. I just don't know where it's from. I'm hard of breathing and I'm worried and my mind is racing. God, help me specifically. Uh, And you come, thank you, God, that you've saved me, that you're my God, that you can. It's this attitude of stopping. Anxiety is a signal alerting you that it's time to pray. So treat anxiety as kind of like a thermometer. It's this temperature gauge. It's this signal. As soon as you feel it, Stop and pray. Uh, In verse 35, Jesus going a little further, he fell to the ground. And what did he do in his time of need where the emotions were so great, even unto death? He prayed. He prayed. He took his mates and he prayed. That if it's possible, the hour might pass. Abba, Father, he said. Abba, is the name a child calls his daddy. It's intimate. It's personal. Abba Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. He's specifically asking to take this cup. What's the cup? Well, in the Old Testament, the cup is a powerful picture of God's judgment and wrath. And Jesus took on our sin And he also took on God's wrath so we wouldn't have to. He was forced to drink from the cup of his father's fury so we wouldn't have to. And seeing that future and that pain, he asks his God, can you take it from me? Jesus' prayers weren't some high, mighty, deep, out of Greek and Hebrew, memorized, fancy pants words. They were this deep, raw, passionate, honest cry for help. What do we do when we're feeling anxiety and worry? We tell someone, we talk to somebody. We talk to our friends. Well, what else do we do? We talk to our Father. 
That's our God. And finally, we talk to your feelings. We talk to our feelings. You are not your feelings. Your feelings don't rule you. I've used that a few times talking uh, to my uh, teenage daughter when she was a little girl. Abs, your feelings don't rule you. You're the boss of your feelings. I'll say that to my boys. I say that they throw the dummy, you know, get upset. I say, raise your hand. Raise my hand. Okay, blink your eyes. Blink your eyes. See, you can control you raising your hands. Can you? Yeah, Dad, I can control me. You can control blinking your eyes. You can control your emotions. You're the boss of your emotions. Don't start nodding to someone or elbowing or thinking who you're going to send this uh, message to. Uh, This is for you today. We are men and women of the Spirit. We're not driven by the flesh. We're driven by our spirit. Our spirit is stronger. It rises above our flesh. You are not your feelings. We speak to our feelings. Verse 36, Abba, Father, he said, if everything is possible, take this cup from you. Yet not what I will, but what you will. In other words, Jesus is saying, I'm not going to be ruled by my emotions. I'm not going to be ruled by my feelings. I'm going to tell my feelings to get in line, Jack. I'm going to tell my feelings, shut up, you settle down, you submit, you come under the call of God that is on my life. Jesus says, not my will, but, but, but your will be done. I, I know that you're in a time of anxiety, you're not sure about your job or your future. You know, you, you, you just have to submit those feelings under the truth of the Spirit, that God is my provider, that with God I can do all things, that greater is He that is in me than he that's in the world. You quote Scripture. You you tell your feelings to take their place, submitted under God's Word for your life. Peter 5 verse 6, talking about anxiety, said, Humble yourselves, therefore under God's mighty hand, that He may lift you up, In due time, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. In the original language, this was in Hebrew. It wasn't two sentences. It was one sentence. Why does that matter? Because this, if you read it in one sentence, it basically says, humble yourself so you can cast your anxiety In other words, casting anxiety is dependent on humbling yourself. You can't cast anxiety by hanging on to pride. You can't cast anxiety without submitting to God. Because anxiety in essence has a letter in the middle of the word, look at it, is I. It's me. The heart of it is selfishness. The heart of it is pride. The heart of it is saying, God, you're not big enough to take care of me. The heart of it is, God, I need to be in control. So we need to talk to our feelings and say, anxiety, you don't rule me. God rules me. God is my Lord. He is my Savior. I know it's not easy, but by the Word of God, 
we can speak to our feelings, they can submit. Casting anxiety means, God, I need you. God, I cannot do life without you. God, I can't parent without you. I can't work without you. I can't be a spouse without you. I can't be a great son without you. I can't be a great daughter without you. I can't live without you. I need you. I, I need you to rule and be Lord of my life. Because there can only be one Lord in our life, right? That's who Jesus is. I'll close with this story today. My son Sam went into hospital about two weeks ago for a temperature that he couldn't get down. So he goes in uh, day one and they run some tests. And I kind of think, well, it's good for him, you know? Um, and I don't have to pay for dinner that night. I don't have to feed him. You know, it's, it's, the hospital will take care of him. You know, it's, it's good for him. Uh, and, and I love doctors and the medical profession. And uh, day two comes and I'm thinking, you know, he probably needs to get his uh, diet organized. And, you know, it's probably good to run some tests. And, you know, I think these are healthy to just assess where we're at and blood work and all that good stuff. So day three comes. I'm like, oh, hang on a minute. Day three? Day three, and we're still, day three, Bonnie, it's time you better pray, you know, to be expecting Bonnie to pray. And then day four comes, and he's still in hospital. What is going on here? It's, it's, and now, you know, I'm starting to feel a little bit worried, a little bit anxious, and, and then I'm starting to pray, you know, I'm starting to get on my knees. And then, then I'm starting to say, hang on, I need some help. So I'm calling on the prayer team now. I'm, our prayer requests, they're going out. You know, look, I know I should have got it out day one. Don't judge me, okay? I'm just trying to be honest and real. Um, but suddenly we find ourselves day five. My boy, my son, he's 19. We called him Samuel because we believed he's been called to be used by God for his glory. He's my, my boy that I love. I'd give my right arm for. I'd do anything for him. I love him. He's, he's so thoughtful and caring and sweet. He's just this great young man of God. I just want the world. And then suddenly I'm thinking in my mind, what, what if, right? What if day, day six, I'm... I'm anxious, I'm not sleeping well, I'm full of worry and like, Sam, what, you know, what? My boy, day seven, I'm, 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 I'm like, God, uh, take me now, I'm, I'm, I got nothing left. I, I'm on my knees, I need you, I, I, I'm gone beyond my feelings dictating to me. I'm just at this place of brokenness, hurt, surrender, and I'm just, I'm just calling out to God. I don't even know what to pray anymore. I'm just broken. I'm, I'm just hurting. I, I started talking to my friends. I was talking to my father. And I'm suddenly I'm talking to my emotions because they're getting the better of me. I'm not how I feel. This isn't me. I'm not losing all my faith in my God because of a feeling, no matter how it looks. And it was in that moment, I think God really revealed that there was an emptying that I need to go through, a sort of a, a pride that needed to be broken. But we can come before our God and say, God, you're enough. You're enough. 
Because that's the point of anxiety when we don't believe He is. And to break the power of anxiety in our lives when we realize that God is bigger when we put Jesus in that place. I pray today as we come out of lockdown that we feel whatever emotions, we'll submit them to God and realize, God, we need you. There's this power in surrender and trusting. The good news is, Sam, that afternoon, the doctor gave a, just a complete, clear bill of health. We didn't even know why he was in there. Maybe it was just for me to deal with my stuff and for you to get a message today of hope. But God is in control. We trust him. He's bigger and greater than anything we face. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are our Lord, our Savior. We honor you. We praise you. We give you all the glory. Praying today with eyes closed and heads bowed, some of you needed to hear this message because Jesus Christ isn't in his rightful place in your life. Jesus is an add-on. Jesus is when it's convenient for you. Jesus is only when you need him. That's not the role of Jesus Christ as a Savior and Lord of our life. He's first. Everything is about Christ. Our life is not our own. We, we've given it up to him. And maybe today you need to make that decision. You need to renew that decision. Recommit your life to Christ. Maybe you've never made a decision to make him Lord of your life. Today's your day. I pray that you would make that decision and call on his name. And the Bible says you'll be saved. I want us to pray and call on Jesus. Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who was perfect. Yet he felt emotions, yet he did not sin because he submitted the emotions to the will of you, his father. And I thank you that because of his obedience, that we can be saved, that he took on our sin. And Father, today we surrender to you. Forgive us. Be Lord of our life. Help us to put you in that rightful place to follow you all the days of our life. We pray in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. God bless.